Things. It's your girl Rebecca, and you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things. And I'm your bootyful host, Rebecca, and you are listening to Just Ghoulie Things. Okay, guys. So, as you can tell, I don't have a guest co host on for this episode. Lily still isn't back, is not in my arms just yet, but she will be back in about two weeks. I am so excited to have her back on the show. And that is when we are also going to be having our guest co hosts on, which are our boo things, our listeners. So, I emailed you guys um, already. I this I emailed you guys yesterday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, I emailed you on Wednesday, um, looking for times that you would be available. But Lily told me yesterday that she's going to be back sooner than I expected. So I thought, you know what? I think that this experience should be, you guys should be able to do an episode with both of us here. It just isn't the same just being me. So we are holding off till Lily gets back so that we can have our guest co-hosts co-host with Lily and I. Uh, So with that being said, if you guys want to still apply to be a co-host on Just Ghoulie Things, email us at justghoulithingspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your name, your social media handles, uh, topics you'd like to talk about on the show, and why you'd like to be a co-host on the show. We're looking at all of our submissions and we were replying back to everyone, so don't worry. Um, We don't reply back immediately just because we get so many emails every day. Uh, We just have to sort through everything, you know, and not to brag. We get so many emails every day. (laughs) Anyway, um, but I hope you guys are safe. I hope you guys are healthy. This is a really freaky time and... I I don't really want to get into it too much just because I feel like you guys see it so much on the news and the media. I just feel like the media is just freaking us out so much. And there's so many conspiracies going on uh, in regards to this coronavirus. Just wash your hands is the moral. Wash your hands. Social distance yourself. And if you know someone that's older that may have a um, a compromised immune system, Check on them. Do they need food? Do they need toilet paper? Because apparently we can't go two weeks without wiping our ass with infinite amount of toilet paper in a house. I don't, I don't know what the toilet paper shortage is about. I really don't understand, but that's just American logic, I guess. I don't know if that's happening in the other countries as well, but I just feel like that's a very American thing to happen. Um, but yeah, just take care of yourselves, guys. Don't go out if you don't have to. I mean... I feel like if you're a boothang, this is this quarantine is just our normal everyday lives. You just sit at home and listen to podcasts. Um, and that is why this is going to be a special series that I have going on for the next couple weeks or for however long this quarantine is going on. This is a quarantine encounter special. So pretty much um, it's just going to be me recording these episodes But what's really cool about these episodes is I'm going to be doing 10 paranormal encounter episodes that I find online that are a variety of different topics, anything that is not normal, everything that is paranormal. So I'm going to do 10 stories every episode, and I'm going to be doing an episode once a day. And the reason why I'm going to be posting so much is because I know it can get crazy being by yourself in a house don't really know what else to do. You've already watched all the Netflix specials. You're, you've cleaned the house 20 times over. You're sitting there. You don't really know what else to do. Who wouldn't want to listen to scary stories in the dark by yourself, right? Um, or if you're living with a significant other, have them tune in to Just Ghoulie Things podcast. Start from episode one. We have hella episodes. If you haven't listened to all of them, listen to them. Maybe not like the first couple because Lily and I were still trying to figure it out and it's kind of... It's kind of shoddy, <laughs> but we're, we're improving. We're improving the podcast. Um, so if you want, listen to episode one, season one, and just, just listen to the glow up and listen to the next few episodes that I'm going to be posting. Um, again, it's going to be a variety of different topics for this quarantine special just to, you know, have you guys on your toes, not really knowing what to expect next. So without further ado, let me get right into storytelling. Oh, And this is a little kicker, and this is more of a me thing. I thought, what would make this episode 
this quarantine special even more special. So I thought to myself, what can I do? And that meant going to the liquor store and buying a bunch of Corona premieres. And I am currently drinking a Corona while, uh, while reading these stories just to, you know, be in the spirit of things. So without further ado, again, let's start the 10 stories. The first one being titled, Mom Said I Was Killed on a Train. All right, uh, let's see how this goes. Let me start off by saying this. In my whole 24 years of life, I have never been on a train. Roller coasters? Most definitely. But an actual train? No fucking way. From the time I was little, when my grandma and mom would take me to Six Flags St. Louis in the summers, I was beyond exhausted. By the time I got there, simply sleeplessness, night tossing and turning from pure excitement of what I got to do the next day. But I always did what every kid between the ages of 7 to 12 does. I had a blast at the park then was asleep as soon as I hopped in the backseat of the truck we, then we, when we left, not to wake up until we pulled in the driveway. Anyways, I was never scared of roller coasters, not even the ones with a loop. I was always the one leading whoever was with us down the long path of line you'd have to go through to get up to the ride. One by one, and roller coaster after roller coaster, I always knew that usually about halfway through our visit, I'd be too chicken shit for a certain ride that still to this day, I've never had the balls to get on. The goddamn train that takes you around the park. That's right. The fucking choo-choo train. <laughs> Why? I cannot tell you for the life of me a single reason or even possibility as to why the hell I'm so terrified of trains. Now, fast forward around a decade to the time I'm 20 years old. I live in a small town in southeast Missouri, and my mom lives in the house right next door. Every so often, I'd go next door and watch TV with her and my babysitter if I got bored. She also finally came to terms with the fact that I smoke weed, and when my sister is visiting my grandparents across town, I'll sometimes go share a blunt with my mom. Wow, vibes. But this time in particular, it was all three of us. I'm laying on the couch, my sister is at her princess table in the corner playing with something, and mom came in from the kitchen with plates of taco salad she just whipped, us, whipped up for us. That sounds so bomb. She sits down, and I randomly had it on that show, I Used to Be Alive. It's not... If that's not the name of it, I apologize, but please correct me if you know the show I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure it's I Survived Beyond and Back, but I'm not. Don't hold me to it. About 15 minutes into it, after she sits down, she said this. This reminds me of what you told me when you were about three years old. Thinking she was talking about my sister, I turned my head from the TV and she was looking at me. I said, huh? She then went on to tell me that when I was three years old, I randomly started talking about my other family. <laughs> Apparently, from what she told me, me, my two sisters, my mom, aunt, and our cat were all headed somewhere and were killed after our train crashed. At first, I thought, ha ha ha, that's hilarious, thinking she was like fucking with me. But then she swore to God that I randomly said that when I was three years old. And in that moment... Something made sense that I've never been able to find reasoning for. My fear of trains. Can someone help me with this? Could she be serious? I'll be 25 this year and still think about this pretty often. Freaks me out. Okay, so I had to start off the first story, this story, because I definitely believe in reincarnation to a certain degree. I don't know if all... I don't know. Like, I... I I go back and forth with this theory because it's like, does everyone, is everyone reincarnated? Um, you know, and it's interesting too, because I feel like a lot of people that talk about their reincarnation stories, they are told that they say these things to a loved one at a young age. And it seems the theory is, is that we kind of remember our previous lives at a younger age because we're closer to the spectrum of our last life. So it would definitely make sense that she remembered this at three years old, but as she got older, she completely forgot about her previous life. Um, and it definitely would explain why she's afraid of trains. You know, if you've been to Six Flags, you guys, we have Six Flags in New Jersey. There are some freaky rides. I am a roller coaster lover myself. I love roller coasters. I will go on every single one, including the train. So the fact, and there are some crazy ones like King Ka, and there's a few drop ones that make my heart stop or my heart sink to my vagina every single time. So the fact she couldn't get on a train, that that's significant, especially because she's never 
been on one to really understand why she'd be afraid of one. Like she never had an experience in this lifetime that would explain why she'd be afraid of trains. So I thought that was a really interesting story. Second story is titled Skinwalker. Shout out to James Allen Ross. (laughs) Check out his books, The Haunting of Dylan Claypool. All right. This reads, hi, guys. Super excited to have found a page to share some interesting experiences I've had with. First, I feel as though I have to give you some background information about myself. I was raised by my mother, who is 50% Cherokee and 50% French. Us kids have never met our biological grandpa and believes in paranormal things, but just tries to pretend it isn't there. And by my father, who is Scottish, English, German, and Jewish by blood, he is, on the other hand, is 100% atheist and is rather skeptical about things he cannot explain. He endeavors to be a logical and scientific person in all things. Well, due to major differences in personalities, beliefs, and values, they divorced when I was eight years old. She soon married my stepfather, who is a devout Southern Baptist from Mississippi, and basically gave up her identity as a native and became a God-fearing woman. That is a complete change in man. That is one, that is, that is a 180. Despite issues with my mother, my dad continued to let us visit with her mom and uh, let us visit with her mom and stepdad because he felt they were good people. They taught us many things about native culture, spirituality, legends, and the people. My grandmother and I spent a lot of time together, so I was given an opportunity to learn Cherokee medicine. That's pretty dope. My grandma comes from a long line of medicine men and women and is one herself. So now many years later, at the ripe old age of 23, I am one myself. That is so fucking cool. So now you have some insight and I'll continue. Now, this isn't a ghost story, but I do believe it qualifies as paranormal as it is outside usual daily happenings. About two years ago, my father, brother, and I moved to a new home a little more in the country than our previous homes had been. Something we all thoroughly enjoyed because we grew up immersed in nature and a love for the land. Shortly after moving there, about three months in, I decided it was time to expand my family by getting myself a puppy. Great idea. This would be the first dog that would actually be in my care. I've always had a strong connection to dogs as my guiding spirit is a wolf. I learned this after a vision quest many years ago. That's a story for another time. This person is so fucking dope. I want to meet this person because he or she is just, oh my God, obsessed. After a while of searching, I came across a beautiful five-month-old male, German Shepherd slash Pitbull mix. I went to meet him and instantly fell in love. He was the greatest, very sweet, kind to cats, and protective of me. He became my best friend, everything you could want in a dog. Now, anyone who has owned a puppy, young dog, will know potty training is a task. Even after being with us two months, he was still waking me up every two to four hours to go outside. Hard on the rhythm, but had to be done. On this occasion in particular, we got a late-night visitor we weren't expecting. Hmm. Like I said, my dog woke me up in the night, and this time it was around 2.45 a.m., and I wasn't ready, but I dragged myself out of bed and clicked on the leash. Opening the back door greeted me with a cool breeze. I rolled my eyes and went out into the yard with my pooch. He did the usual dog thing, sniffed around and jumped in the freshly cut grass, completely forgetting what we had come outside to do in the first place. I whistled at him, recaptured his attention, and he got back to business. As he squatted, I turned my head to the sky, offering him some privacy. The moon was exceptionally large that night, almost full but not quite. During this observation, I began to realize there was no typical nighttime noise around me. As if that wasn't unusual enough, I had a shiver go down my spine, and my arm hair began to stand on end. That's when I heard my dog let out a low growl as he pinned himself against my legs. When I looked down as him, his tail was tucked and tackles were raised. When I tried to move, he pressed himself against me more. Oh, scared pup. Another shiver came over me now, and I took the opportunity to follow where his eyes were looking. When I did, I was looking at what happened to be a coyote. Not totally uncommon in the area. We'd heard them on many nights living here, but... But this was different, looked different, and felt different. The most frightening thing, however, was that it was looking right back at me. I didn't move, didn't take my eyes off it, and that's how I was able to see its features so clearly in the moonlight. Its fur looked thin, even bald in some spots. Its eyes were yellow, not reflective yellow like you'd see on a dog in the, in the dark, but yellow like the sun. Very powerful, almost blinding. Then looking more closely, I noticed its back legs were longer than a normal coyote. 
longer than any canine cat creatures should be actually. Starting at the hips and going down, they seem to almost look bipedal in design. That's when it dawned on me just what I was seeing. I picked up my 60-pound dog, never taking my eyes off the creature. As I did, I saw a Cherokee prayer. I said a Cherokee prayer in my head that I had learned from my grandma. As it was physically ups- as if it was physically upset, it backed up slightly, and then I heard a noise that perfectly mimicked my grandma say, "Why would you do that to Mick? Why would you do that, Mickers?" No one aside my grandparents ever called me that. It was their special name for me. With that, I darted for the door. Dog still in my arms entered, put him down, and locked it behind me. The noise must have woken my brother because he came from the kitchen all bothered. He asked me what was going on and why the dog was all riled up. I held my finger to my mouth and shut off the light. We then made our way into the living room and shut that light off as well. And like something out of a horror movie, the outline of a tall humanoid thing shone through the stained glass of the small window on the door thanks to the bright moonlight. Oh my God. We both froze and he made a grab for the knob when it started to turn. Oh my God. Capturing it just in time to lock it. That's when we spoke to we spoke to him, but this time in my grandpa's voice. Bubba, why don't you let grandpa in? They live on the reservation in Cherokee in North Carolina. His voice his face turned ghost white and he turned to me. That's when I mouthed the word and he paled even more. It began to tap on the glass. We both went into my room, it ignored the knocking. The next night, around the same time, the tapping grew louder. We sat in the living room praying to the unal Unalanuchi, the Cherokee sun goddess, also called Great Spirit, that it would go away. The tapping turned into knocks, which turned into pounding the more we prayed. This must have woken my father because he came downstairs in a huff. We had told him about the night prior during the day, but he didn't believe us and thought it was just one of my brother's friends being an asshole. So when he saw the silhouette in the window, he grew more angry and made a beeline for the door. We yelled at him, Not to open it, but he did. However, instead of harming him, it seemed to be afraid because it got down on all fours again and disappeared from the road. My dad's face paled as he stumbled back a few steps. He locked the door behind him and we all went to bed. The next day, we talked about the situation. I explained to him the natives called this creature a skinwalker. They aren't very common in Cherokee legend. They're more of a Western native legend, but my grandparents still taught us about them. Dad, being a skeptic, just summed it up to being a weird thing he couldn't explain. Later that day, I went to our local craft store and bought juniper ash as my grandma instructed and sprinkled it in our house. It never returned, but my dog was never the same after that night. It's as though the entire experience changed him. He went from a loving animal to mean and unpredictable. He started lashing out at anyone who wasn't female. We tried correcting it over the course of a year and a half, but nothing helped. He finally harmed my brother, causing him to bleed, and I was forced to find him a new home. Luckily, he is with a couple who are both female, and he seems happier, but even to this day, I guarantee he won't go out at night. Oh, it's so sad. I didn't mention the name of the creature many I didn't mention the name of the creature many times because it's considered a bad omen in native culture to give those things energy. If anyone is nervous after reading this, please feel free to message me and I will happily walk you through a prayer and ritual taught to me by my grandmother. So there was so much positive feedback from the story that Um, This person ended up making a comment under their own post of the prayer. So uh, this is the prayer for those interested in knowing. O Mother Goddess and Father God, for thine protection I now pray. Let Let all evil turn away, protect my night, protect my day, and keep misfortune away. Then they suggest um, smudging the inside of your house with white sage. You can do it by yourself, but this person likes to tie lavender into their smudging stick. Lavender is calming and smells better than sage. And when you do this, start in the most northern area, then east, south, and finally west. You should also smudge the frames of your front back door, basement door, also if it's a walkout basement, and windows, and say this prayer. Into the smoke, I release all energies that no longer serve me all negativity that surrounds me, and all fears that limit me. So I wish it, so it is. Wow. That's a dope story. Um, Yeah. We actually did an episode on skinwalkers. And let's see what the episode's called. We've done so many. Episode 2.5, What the Hell Are Skinwalkers? Where we go into a little bit more of the history of skinwalkers as well as some experiences people have had with them. All right, third story. Saw my stepdad in a park. 
but then he called me. Interesting. This happened four years ago at a neighbor's birthday party. I was 15 at the time and came with a few friends. She was turning 18, so her family celebrated in a restaurant at night. It was near a river, and by the river was a small park with a fountain in the middle, and then it led to a street with a few buildings and a parking space. The lighting wasn't good, so I could just barely see what was in front of me. There were lights around the fountain, but then it cut to a somewhat dark part with taller trees. I can't remember why, but my friends and I went outside for some reason, and I snuck away to the park to scare them. I hid behind the fountain and waited for them to notice I was gone. I didn't hear any footsteps, but heard breathing coming from the darker part nearby the fountain, so I stood up and looked. I saw someone, or something, that looked like my stepfather just standing there, watching me. I couldn't quite make out the person's features, but it really did look like my stepdad. He had a very peculiar way of dressing, appearances, etc., and just generally looked very specific. I started squinting, and the more I looked, the more I realized that, holy shit, this was him. I said something to him, but he didn't answer. By this time, I was kind of freaked out, so I started walking back to the restaurant while still looking at this person. It was so weird that I didn't even turn my back, just walked backwards. And just as I was walking, I got a phone call from none other than my stepdad, and I started yelling at him for scaring me. But then he started yelling at me because he was in front of the restaurant with my friends waiting to pick me up, but I wasn't there, and they were confused and didn't know where I was. The person was still in my view, but wasn't moving. I told him what I saw in the car ride home, and I remember him being so nonchalant about it. He asked questions like, oh, did the person call you, or and did they come up to you? And when I said no, he just dropped it and started talking about random things. I talked to him about this yesterday, and he said that he never remembered me telling this to him or even calling me at the party. Wait, this at the end took such a turn. It went from this being a doppelganger to did this experience even happen because the dad doesn't even remember her telling him this experience or him even calling her at this party. So um, we've done a doppelganger episode as well. And let me pull up what the name of that doppelganger episode. Okay, so it's episode 15, season one. It's called I'm Looking at the Doppelganger in the Mirror. And this was published August 12, 2019. So you guys can check out. That was a really fun episode to film um, if you're interested in learning more about doppelgangers. If you guys don't know what doppelgangers are, and that's what I'm thinking this was, um, it is somebody that takes the form of either you or someone you're familiar with. Um, It's interesting because it's either they can be a negative energy or not be a negative energy. There's just so many unanswered questions about them. But in general, they are... They take on the presence of either yourself or someone you know. But there may be a slight variation to someone that may look at them long enough and realize that isn't the actual person that they're talking to. So check out our episode uh, just to learn more about doppelgangers. Okay, so this this is an interesting story, this next one, because this, the title is called Bag Spirit. And I thought this was a typo for bad spirit, but literally bag spirit. Let me explain. Okay. So I've always wanted to tell this story and I guess I have the time now as we are in shelter in place and the baby's napping. This is a tale that has puzzled me for years over a decade, really. So I was like 15, I'm 30 now, and my friends and I, both females, were hanging out with a group of guys who we really didn't know, but we were, but were friends of friends. The boys were kind of unpopular and were bored, as were we. So while we were hanging out, we neither really knew each other nor particularly liked each other. I don't know. Teenagers are weird. (laughs) So I was a brat, and I wanted to see what I could get away with. So I made them carry my rather large overnight bed that I had been toting around all day. At one point, I pushed my brattiness by, insisting my friend and I get a manicure at a trending nail nail spa. I can't say spa. We passed while the guys waited for us nearby. Rightfully so, the guys stopped waiting and started getting annoyed, so they up and left. They had my overnight bag, which, besides having all my stuff in it, besides cell phone and wallet, was an old fake Louis Vuitton overnighter that was given to me by my late great-grandma, who I barely knew, but it was cool anyway. The guys called us and said, we're sick of carrying your stuff, we're gonna leave it here. I asked where they were, and all they would say is that 
they were at a swimming pool, which was weird because it was the city and where are their pools? <laughs> this was in San Fran and you take the underground like a train everywhere in combination with buses. So I hopped on the J train and just rode the stops for about 15 minutes until for some reason I just got off. I, to this day, get my heart in a flutter thinking about this because it's so unexplainable. So I just randomly got off the J train, a route I never took because it wasn't part of my daily routine or even near any of my friends' houses, and started walking. I was totally unfamiliar with the neighborhood. By this time, my amazing friend, who stuck by me through thick and thin and who was just along for the ride on this seemingly wild juice goose chase, was confused and kept asking where we were going. And I don't remember what I said, but I remember just insisting that this was the correct way. We walked a few blocks and came upon a large apartment building with a courtyard that was sealed by a gate that was unlocked. I walked through the gate, and I kid you not, there were the three guys with my bag sitting on cement by the pool next to them. They were so freaked out as to how we got there and found them, and I couldn't explain it either, so I just grabbed my bag, didn't really say anything, and left. We never talked about it again, and we didn't hang out with those guys again either. I'm just so confused about, A, how I knew to get on the J train when I didn't know if the guys were walking distance or if they had taken a bus. B, how I knew to get off the train at that stop because, again, I wasn't familiar with the area, nor would I know where to find a pool. C, How after getting off, I just walked and ended up at the place my stuff was. This whole thing gives me anxiety because it's so unexplainable. And if anyone has an answer, I'd love to hear it. All I have to say to that is, what the fuck even? Like, there are just so many variables that are just missing here. Like, she didn't have her phone. So obviously, like, I and this was 15 years ago. So it's not like we had our smartphones, the GPS and everything like that. or find my friends where you can track where they are. I, I know for me, my anxiety goes through the roof of trying to figure out the subway system in New York City, and I have apps to help me navigate, so I don't know how the hell she did that. And like she said, in cities, there really aren't pools around, so how she was able to narrow it down, she just knew to follow her instinct, which is moral of the story. Always follow your instinct. Always follow your intuition, folks. And... Even the guys were like, what the hell? Like, we really didn't even give you guys that much of a hint. Like, how did you find us? Like, so shook. There's definitely something behind that bag. Um, Maybe her great-grandmother, even though they weren't close to me, but that is her spirit guide on the other side who helped guide her to the bag. I don't know. But that was, I thought that was a really cool story. All right. Next. Something messed with our car in the woods. This happened to me when I was 17, around the time when most of my friends were just getting their driver's license. We all had that rush for cars back then, so it was quite common for us to skip school and go for a ride out of town. The city where I live is among, uh, surrounded by forests and two mountains, so we basically had a lot of places to go and chill. One day, my friend was very excited to show us a place that he found about online, for which people said it was quite odd. We looked it up, and apparently it had a reputation for being a paranormal site. Being the typical group of teens, we collectively agreed to check it out ASAP, including me, who more or less believes in spiritual stuff. Going up the mountain, we were listening to the radio until we lost uh, lost the station to static, which, for obvious reasons, is what the radio does when you go deep into the woods. This entire experience is happening during a summer night, so we were feeling pretty careless and excited as a person can be. Having no music to listen to, we started talking and discussing our expectations for this place with most of us having no expectations at all. Our conversation was suddenly interrupted by the loud static coming from the radio that we turned off just a few minutes ago. We were all a bit startled, but still nothing out of the ordinary. It happened again a few minutes later. We all looked at the radio, and it was still off. We quickly dismissed this as something that radios do for some reason and, again, didn't pay much attention. The third time that it had happened, the driver hits the brakes and stopped the car. He turned to us and yelled, Fuck me! Did you hear that? What was that? Claiming that he heard a voice this time. None of us heard anything except static. The driver said that he had enough and switched the engine off so there was no possible way for anything, including the radio, to be working. We sat like that for a while in pitch black, for there were no city lights around us, and the forest had covered all other light sources like stars, etc. What could possibly go wrong, as Lily would say? 
the light indicating the radio turned on and soon after the static came. I could tell we were all feeling a bit anxious by then. Through the static came a female voice singing and it was very silent. Oh, hell no. For a second, it got louder and then fell back to silent again and then vanished. But even weirder, the static vanished too. Once we switched the car back on and turned the headlights on too, we observed what seemed to be smudges of fingers all across the fucking windshield. Ah! We didn't turn the car on around. Oh, we didn't turn the car around immediately, but I could tell that we all just wanted to leave. We stopped further up on the hill, took some pictures of the Milky Way and went home afterward. Gotta get those pictures of the Milky Way. Ever since, we speculate about what the fuck happened to the radio and windshield that night. My friends went two, around two, three more times without me to the same place, recording the same, including feeling a small push once the car was off. Oh, I don't know about that, Chief. Mm, I'm in the woods in the dark, teens in the summer, night. What could possibly go wrong? smudges on the windshield that were resembling fingerprints i don't like all that that is a freaky experience all right next story is titled three months living in a haunted cabin what could possibly go wrong you know what drinking game guys all right everyone needs to have a drink in their hand doesn't matter if it's water wine seltzer corona every time i say what could possibly go wrong take a swig All right. Cheers, guys. All right. This starts. I don't believe in ghosts. I didn't believe in ghosts for the first 22 years of my life. Always thought there was some kind of reasonable explanation to hauntings and honestly still do. Maybe it's not a ghost. Maybe some kind of weird gravitational energy messing with things. I'm not sure. But anyway, here's my story. My roommate and I, let's call him D, moved out to Colorado with meager savings into a small cabin that was pretty out in the boonies. Our closest neighbors used their cabins as summer homes, so we didn't really have anyone nearby. That's what's cool about living in the mountains, though. There's a sense of total isolation you won't get anywhere else. You can turn off everything in your living space and hear nothing except for the breeze, no highways, car alarms, nothing. It's very peaceful. But after the first week or two in this cabin, Dee and I both began noticing weird things happening. First was this eerie feeling we would get. I remember Dee once joking with me that he didn't like being in the cabin alone because it gave him creepy vibes. There was one back room in particular where if you stood in it at night, you would feel like you were being watched. Sometimes I'd come home from work and would just have this sense of total dread and unease. At the time, I wrote it off as me being paranoid. You know, hallucinating stuff that isn't there because I wasn't used to the whole silence and and winter isolation. I started noticing stuff getting moved around as well. One morning, my car keys would be missing, and I'd frantically search only to find them in a weird spot, like on top of the refrigerator. I thought D was fucking with me, but he kept insisting it wasn't him. Soon, he started having his stuff get moved too, and would get really pissed at me thinking I was trying to prank him back. One night, we were sitting around playing video games when something flew across our field of vision. We both looked at each other for a second before realizing we both saw it. For context, the the cabin was a typical A-frame, so for the most part, it was one big room separated into a loft and a downstairs with the kitchen and our beds at one end and the living room, TV, wood stove at the other end. Whatever small object flew across the room had gone from the kitchen all the way to the front door. We examined it closer and found out it was a single green bean from our meal that evening we kind of held it up and looked at it for a second and had flown all the way across the house from the stovetop in the back all the way to our front door we really didn't have anything to say about it it was just super weird the next morning when uh i knew our house the next morning was when i knew our house was haunted i was watching tv in the front room and taking some bong rips when suddenly bam the roll of paper towels we had sitting on our kitchen counter flies into the bong knocking it off the table and spilling water everywhere the roll had been thrown with force let me clarify to the point where i thought d had tried to chuck it at me i angrily turned around to tell him off you know dude you know you almost broke the bong right (laughs) bruh you almost broke the bong bro not cool d was in the shower the whole time getting ready for work 
I felt a chill go down my spine. Some force, spirit, ghost, whatever had thrown this across the room. Dee didn't believe me when I told him, and I couldn't blame him, but he soon came to his senses. The next couple months spent were craziness. Everything from car keys to full decks of cards to box cutters would be thrown around our apartment right in front of our eyes. We'd hear weird growling sounds at night that sounded like they were right in the middle of our house. One time, my roommate stormed out of the shower furiously. What the fuck, he asked. Would you turn the lights? Why the fuck would you turn the lights out on me while I was in the shower? I told him I had no idea what he was talking about, but by far the most frustrating things was how our stuff kept going missing. I mean, it got ridiculous. One night we left our car keys in a very particular spot just to see if they were moved in the morning. When we woke up, of course, they were gone. But not just that, they had been tucked between the pages of To Kill a Mockingbird on our little bookshelf. Took us hours to find them. Another morning, I couldn't for the life of me find my phone. We tried calling it and it would ring, sounding loudly throughout the house, but we couldn't pinpoint the exact spot. Finally, we tracked the ringing to the bathroom, but it sounded like it was coming from behind the damn wall. The vanity sort of hung there, so I figured, fuck it. It's probably in the wall, seeing how weird everything is. Maybe there's a hole or something. I took the vanity off, it's hanging now, and as soon as I moved it, my phone slid out the back and clattered on the floor. Dean and I looked at each other, his face totally pale. Like, how the fuck could that even happen? How is that possible? The haunting got to the point of it just being silly. We had a friend come visit, and as soon as she opened the door, my car keys were thrown at her face from across the room. She was like, wait, is this guy been haunted? We kind of joked that, yeah, things get thrown around sometimes. You just have to ignore it. She didn't want to stay there anymore, and that was the point when I asked my landlady if she could provide some history on the cabin we're renting. She got super defensive about it and claimed she had owned it for years and never had anything weird happen. Mm, When you're getting defensive, you know there's something up. Long story short, we got evicted a couple months later. Don't want to go into why, because there was really no good reason, but it's not the point of the story. But yeah, the uneasiness persisted till we moved out, although in the last month of living there, the ghost chilled out on throwing objects at us. I still don't have concrete explanation for the weird stuff that happened, but after that, I definitely believe in ghosts and other stuff we don't understand. See, it takes a skeptic and turns them into a believer. That's... That was a crazy story, especially the fact that your phone is put behind the vanity where who would fucking think of doing that, especially if you didn't even know there was a hole behind there. Like what? That was a weird story. But again, what could possibly go wrong? Swig, swig, swig. Staying in a cabin in the woods. Did you never watch the movie? Which is actually a pretty good movie. Check it out while you're quarantined, Cabin in the Woods. I think it's on Netflix. Not sure, though. All right. Next story. Strange noises heard at night in Central Texas. This reads, I've lived in Central Texas my entire life in a quiet suburban neighborhood. Nothing out of the ordinary or paranormal ever really happened in the area except for an occasional burglary. So that's what makes this incident particularly disturbing. Sometime around spring of 2016. So I want to note for all of my listeners in Central Texas... Take note and remind yourself of the time, spring 2016. It's going to be important. I was asleep on a regular school night when I woke up around 3 in the morning to what sounded like a grown woman crying and laughing hysterically at the same time. And I know I wasn't the only one that heard it because my neighbor's dog next door was freaking out and barking nonstop. The weirdest part was that it sounded like a crying, laughing pacing back and forth from my window which was only about 7 feet off the which was only around 7 feet off the ground to the back fence around 30 feet away from my window for what seemed like an entire hour i was too scared to move but i was sure it wasn't i wasn't having sleep paralysis eventually the noises stopped and i tried my best to fall back asleep the next day i told my girlfriend about the incident and the same thing happened to her and her sister the very same day. And I even have a friend who experienced something similar in a park at night, not too very far away. I have been trying to find videos of what the sound might have been, and no animal sounds anything like what we heard those two nights. Four years later, and it still gives me goosebumps every time I think about it. I'm open to any suggestions to what it may have been, but I have yet to find any answers. So this was a very short story, but I thought it'd be interesting to incorporate that because I did a live stream yesterday and I got to realize um, a lot of my listeners are 
from all over the world, which I thought was really cool. We had some German listeners, um, Irish listeners, um, and we do have a fan base in Texas too. So if you're from central Texas and you remember this period of time in spring 2016, let us know. I'm very curious to see if you heard this familiar sound and if there's any explanation behind it. All right. Now, this is very interesting, too. This is a short one, but um, I've had a similar experience myself. So as soon as I saw the title to this, I, I had to put this into the uh, episode today. This story is titled, Waking Up at the Time I Was Born. Every night when I was seven years old, I would wake up around 1230 a.m. without fail. It started when I was upstairs with my parents and we heard a noise downstairs of something shattering. My mom and dad looked concerned and went downstairs to discover it was a picture of my mom's six siblings that fell to the floor and shattered. I was convinced that someone had been in our house and every night for the next year or so, I would wake up at the time of my birth, around 12.30, 12.35, in a panic that someone was in my house. I would hear noises in my kitchen and be convinced someone was living with us in the nighttime that we didn't know about or someone came in through the door. I told my mom about this last night, and she said that I never expressed a fear of people being in the house to her. I think I was afraid of her discovering something. Can anyone give me some insight and help me understand this a little bit more? So I was born April Fool's Day, which is 401, at the time 401 a.m. So I'm a 401, 401 baby. Very weird. Um, but precisely, I would say about like four years ago, there was a period of time where I would sleep in my living room couch. There was I don't know why I just didn't I just didn't want to go upstairs to sleep. Um, and I think it's also because I had a TV downstairs in the living room and I like to fall asleep to noise. And like clockwork, I would wake up at 4.01 to 4.03 every morning for a long period of time. And I could never find an explanation to it. And then suddenly it stopped. I haven't had that experience in a while. Um, but someone had commented on this story and said something that I thought would be a really good point to point out. They responded back, could be past lives. Sometimes when a person is reincarnated, their soul is slightly fractured from the trauma of starting over. It isn't exactly a smooth process all the time. Perhaps at the time of your birth, the other bits of your soul are strongest and are trying to make themselves known, a cry for attention basically, so that you can work on being whole again. I'd consult a couple mediums on this. If you take my advice, don't share any personal information or any, else, or any else's theories on what it might be. Leave it to them to deduce so that they can prove they are not fake. I also say consult multiple mediums so that you can have a better chance of accuracy, like consulting more than one doctor to see what treatment is more favorable. So I just thought that was like a really cool feedback from somebody. And it does make sense. And I kind of, I'm kind of curious um, if this starts up again that I wake up at 4.01 in the morning. I definitely would want to consult a couple of mediums to see if there's anything I could do, any resolution I can have for myself. Because that makes sense, you know, the whole reincarnation. Next story, Riverdale Road, Colorado. So to all my Colorado people out there, if you're near Riverdale Road, this story is for you. And this is actually a really recent story. And it starts, so it's March 18th, 2020. And it's exactly 11 p.m. as I write this. Everything you are about to read is based on true events. So let's start off in the beginning. It was about 8.15ish when my girlfriend and I hung out. At the moment, I don't have a car, so she lets me drive. But she comes and gets me uh, and offers me to drive. So I say, yes, of course. And as we're driving, have no destination. We're just talking and laughing, just a normal night. Fast forward 30 minutes. We're on I-25, I think. I truly can't remember. Well, as we are going past the exit Fort Morgan and probably going about another 2 to 10 miles past, keep in mind, I've never been in this area before and it's dark outside. What could possibly go wrong? Swig my drink. Eventually, I get off at some exit and here is where things get weird and paranormal. I don't remember anything from the time I got off the highway to what I'm about to tell you. We end up in Riverdale. We are right next to Riverdale High School, so we are driving, not thinking too much about anything, because like I said, I've never been to Riverdale, Colorado before. I asked my girlfriend if I should turn left or right, and she says right, and automatically changes her mind and says left, so we laugh because it's too late and I've already made the turn. So as we're going, it's probably a half mile of pure darkness and just a road that goes downhill and then back uphill and then straight. As soon as we turn, I automatically felt this weird, just eerie bad thing. So I quickly asked my girlfriend if she feels it too, and she said she does. 
As we start to go downhill, I feel this cold, startling chills going down my spine, and I can't control it at all. On the right side of the road, there is a hill with a tree and a light probably the creepiest thing I've ever seen. My girlfriend starts telling me she doesn't like it, and we have to go as we reach the end. Uh... Wait, sorry. My girlfriend starts telling me she doesn't like it, and we have to go. As we reach the end, I read... Why isn't this letting me scroll? Oh, okay. As we reach the end, I read the street sign, and it says Riverdale. I told her I remember reading something about a Riverdale being haunted, but I didn't think it was in Colorado. I told her to search it up and that we are going to drive through it again. At this point, we're going down it again, and my girlfriend looks at me and says... We just went down the most concerted haunted road in the country. No big deal. At this point, it's too late and we go down it again. This is when things get really intense as if it wasn't already bad enough. We hear like a scream of some sort and we both freak out a little more. So I hit the gas and we go through it faster than we did the first time. I automatically turn right and try and get out of there and I have no idea where I am. So she pulls up directions on her phone and we are slowly starting to calm down. But I wasn't paying attention and missed my turn. And we were headed directly back to the road again. And instantly I got goosebumps and cold chills down my spine again. I tell my girlfriend we have to go again. And right as I said that, a black cat runs across the road. And that did it for me. I whipped around the car and floored it to the correct turn. But as we were going, I realized there was a handprint on her window near the mirror. And no one had touched the window. And I know for a fact it wasn't me because I drive with my left hand and my right hand was holding her hand. As we are leaving this freaky, eerie place, I stop at the stop sign. And as I drove forward, there was this high-pitched sound and my girlfriend's car started shaking. I hit the gas and went 90 out of there. I'm planning on going back at some point. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? I believe the exact road I went down was East 136th Ave. It's near Riverdale Ridge High School. I went somewhere between 9 and 10 p.m. If you read this, please share your experience. If uh, this, is all this is all true, let me tell you, and happened tonight. Thanks for taking the time to read it, and I will never forget this night. Yeah, that's... Mm, <laughs> All right, I guess if I go to Colorado, that is going to be one of my first stops. So uh, that was a really interesting story, too. All right, is this my last story? This is my last story. This is my last story. Okay, awesome. This story is titled, Can't Sleep Because of This. So if you guys are listening to this at night, good luck. It's been some time since I have experienced unexplainable events. Today it happened, something I've never experienced before. My partner was gone for work already. Because of the quarantine rules our country is in right now, I'm at home, and after a few hours, I decide to sleep for a while on the couch. Please, take the time to finish reading the story, because I never experienced sleep paralysis, and this wasn't like the stories I've read. What happened was the following. I was inside this dream, having a vacation. I actually was fully into the dream, and suddenly I woke up. I heard these noises coming from the couch, and that's where I was completely awake without opening my eyes just yet. You know that feeling where you just wake up and keep your eyes closed for a bit? Well, the first thing I thought clear as day when I heard this noise was, this isn't my partner, which motivated me to keep my eyes closed and listen. As I could open them at any time, I was fully aware, and it really was strange. It sounded like someone was laying or sitting there on the couch with me, which has an L shape, with just enough room for two people to lie on. It was like how my partner would sound like, turning around, breathing, making living noises. A lot of things went through my mind. I couldn't have slept for that long because I had a good night rest and my partner definitely left for work. He isn't home. I was certain I was supposed to be alone. A burglar went through my mind next. It sounded like someone was in the room with me for sure and tried to wake me up. I heard it standing up after a while. I heard it come closer to me. And this was the creepiest of all, which made me realize this wasn't a burglar, 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 burglar at all. I can't say that word. I guess I was awake for 30 seconds already, listening to these noises being frightening, frighteningly close beside me. It then imitated my partner's voice as if it was my partner. It tried to trick me or something. Really close to my face, it said, Hey, babe. And it scared me to death, really. Because... Of the, this isn't my partner thought, I had straight away, I had straight away when I woke up, I kept my eyes closed. It sounded like him exactly, like a super romantic version of him trying to wake me up. Really felt this more than creepy. 
I felt a kiss on my head. I could only think, I'm not falling for this. Don't fall for this. Don't open your eyes. It's not him. It's not real. And within a second, it sat on top of me. I just felt the weight like it was a really large human. It was really scary because then I knew 1,000% for sure this couldn't be my partner. He wouldn't sit on top of me like that. The way it moved from beside the couch to on top of me was unnatural, too fast. I tried to stay calm and tried to move a part of my arm to test out if I could still move it. And I couldn't move a thing, which suggests sleep paralysis. This is the only thing that sounds the same to me. Believe me, I tested this moving before when I laid down and I could always move myself. When the weight started to get heavier and heavier to the point I lost my, lost my breath completely, I finally dared to open my eyes, confronting whatever it was. And yeah, nobody was there. My partner came home four hours later and the thought that one night or day my partner will wake me up and it isn't him at all and I might fall for this and open my eyes scares me to death right now. The imagination of what this could have been or could have looked like, yeah, I can't sleep because of this. Oh, that is sounding like a either crazy, crazy case of sleep paralysis or you got something haunting your house, girlfriend, and you need to sage that place up because that is a big no-no, especially if they're trying to sit on your chest. That doesn't sound right. Mm -mm. All right. Well, on that spooky note, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Just Ghoulie Things. Follow us on Instagram at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. You can follow me personally on my Instagram page at Rebecca Ruber. You can also like our Facebook page, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And you can also add yourself to our private Facebook group, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast group. Because we are under quarantine, I'm going to be posting a lot more in there. I know that I've said that in previous episodes and I start and then I slow down, but I really have nothing else to do. So I will be annoying you guys with tons of updates. And so totally spam the Just Ghoulie Things podcast group with questions, experiences you may have. Um, if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share on the show, email us at justghoulietingspodcast at gmail.com. Donate to our Patreon, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Um, the money that goes from our Patreon goes to advanced equipment, helps keep the show running. Um, you know, we pay for services so that we can, you know, have our podcast be streamed. So again, you know, podcasting isn't cheap and we don't make any money uh, in our own pocket from this. We just do it because we love what we talk about and we want this to be a safe space for people that are into the paranormal that don't really have anyone to talk to. So again, this is the first special episode of our quarantine series. Hope to see you guys back tomorrow listening to more spooky stories. Be safe, guys. Wash your hands, and I will talk to Boo later. Goodbye.